This podcast is sponsored by AAA, the American Automobile Association. AAA members get discounts on tickets, resort accommodations, and more at Walt Disney World and other Orlando attractions. If you book a qualifying Walt Disney World Resort vacation package at select AAA offices, you'll receive a free subscription to touringplans.com, as well as dedicated trip planning resources just for AAA clients. Go to AAA.com or ask your local AAA travel agent for more details on this offer. Hi, welcome to another edition of the Unofficial Guide's Disney Dish with Jim Hill podcast. I'm Len Testa, co-author of the Unofficial Guide to Walt Disney World, and I'm here today in the Magic Kingdom again with Sam Genoway, author of the, the new book, Walt and the Promise of Progress City. How's it going, Sam? Oh, it's going great. Do I have to stop dancing now because I'm doing like the little street party thing? It's, I'm just, it's, I'm just Miley Cyrus is infectious, isn't she? Oh my God, I'm just I'm hopping and bopping. But let's let's go let's go into Exotica movie Exotica. So in the uh, in the last episode, we uh, we had uh, left off at the end of Main Street, entering Adventureland. We are now literally taking our first step onto the Adventureland Bridge. Sam, Adventureland is my favorite land. In the entire park, it is. It is rather sweet, but I've noticed the humidity has increased quite a bit as we're going over the bridge. Well, it's like that in Africa. Yeah, that's true. And and really, the idea this is really, really movie land. I mean, this is. There's really nothing that represents any real place that's in Adventureland. It really is the exotica locations that you imagine when you're going into the movies, and it's really, really quite effective. It's the the, the area, like most of the lands on the west side of the park, tend to be corridors, mm-hmm. and they have different things on each side. So in here, when you're looking on the right, you've got all these different buildings that represent a wide variety of styles. No particular country, no particular, no particular anything really. Mm-hmm. Then when you look to the left, you've got just a jungle that seems deep and rich and goes on endlessly, and it's a wonderful contrast: buildings versus all the green on the other side. Yeah, so that, that that's really that, that's really a great observation. I hadn't noticed it before. When we're when you're walking um, from Main Street. To Adventureland. Let's say you guys are headed towards a Swiss Family Treehouse. On the left is nothing but plants and uh, sort of natural seating areas. So there, you, guys re- you guys remember, if you're listening, um, there are uh, there are seats that are made essentially out of out of rock formations or lava that are carved out of lava. There's uh, and there's nothing but like a two or three story canopy of of foliage. Yeah, um, seems on endless, the, doesn't it? On the left, yeah. I mean, you, you literally can't see past it. And the, Disney's use a use a, a, a bunch of plants in it. It's not just uh, you know oak trees or whatever. They've got they've got palm, they've got bamboo, they've got uh, all sorts of different plants. Yeah, Bill Evans, who is the landscape architect to design both Disneyland and Walt Disney World, um, was just brilliant with the use of plant materials. And before these parks opened, they had a whole little nursery out and back for years growing plants. And he loved Florida because everything grew, and it grew like. <laughs> it grew like like weeds. Yeah, yeah, very good. You know, another thing I'll point out while we're we're kind of right now we're walking towards the forest here, out towards the jungle. You look up at the buildings and you'll see all the balconies. Yeah. And you'll notice there's like chairs. They all sort of, and if you look at them really close, there's other details. They all once again sort of suggest that there was a person that was just up there and you just missed them. They must have just gone into their house or their building. That's right. So but we're over by the sense of life that way. It's true. We're uh, we're over by the uh, the smoking section, right, directly across from Aloha Isle. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> it's all right. There's many people here. It's fine. Um, and to our to our right, uh, where the character greeting area is, where um, where the um, is a. Uh, Second story balcony, mm-hmm. and you can see the, the the fence or the railing of the balcony yeah. extends across almost every building. So right. it's a it's a brown uh, railing over a, as you begin Adventureland, and then it, right over Aloha Isle, Aloha Isle, it switch over switches over to a white railing, 
and then it stays white, and you transition sort of a Caribbean theme over here. That's yeah. I wouldn't say that's Caribbean. That's more Spanish. Yeah, because it's got the tile roofs, the, it's got the, the, the kind of block tile roofs and stuff, and then it transitions. But there is no really one specific area. When they ended up adding the uh, the, the Aladdin spinner, they kind of decided to, to make that area a little bit more cohesive. And keep in mind, when the park first opened, this was a cul-de-sac. You It only went one direction in and one direction out. That's right. It wasn't until they opened Pirates of the Caribbean, so it could get rather congested in here back then. But I'm really amazed that they've, they're actually switching color palettes here in the space of... 100 feet. Oh, it's, and, and it's going from sort of yellows and tans and sort of a desert theme uh-huh. to Caribbean colors. Uh, right. and, and Aloha Isle is the, and Aloha is, is Hawaiian, right? That's right. And so you've, you've got, a, you've got a, a, you three different cultures essentially in a span of 100 feet. And yet, and yet it works. I mean, it doesn't look, it doesn't look out of place. Yeah, and it's, the idea is, is that they wanted to kind of take your collective memory of all of the exotic kind of films that you ever watched and sort of spark those memories. And they try to incorporate like you would in those days. Like, look at this planner. I think this is great. You know, remember in Swiss Family Robinson that the ship got wrecked and they were right. able to cannibalize the ship and they were able to make the Swiss Family Treehouse. Right, so we're looking at a planter that's uh, directly outside the entrance of uh, Swiss Family Treehouse right now. So that idea on the Swiss Family Treehouse is very prominent, but they extended all the way out here into the sidewalk. So, you know, you look at the planter, it's nice, but you notice it's parts of the ship and you're sitting basically leaning on parts of the ship. That's right, so the, uh, the, the, the place where your back would go on these seats looks like uh, timbers taken or, or chunks of the ship taken. Uh, and placed on top of rocks to form seats. And it's really interesting because on one of the planners, the, uh, the back of the seat uh, contains part of the window from the ship <laughs> that you would actually lean against. It's really interesting. And the, uh, the, the, the connections, the thing that, that Disney is showing as holding the wood to the rock is the large metal uh, plates that, uh, that apparently were on the ship. Yep. One of the other things I really love about, uh, about Disney, and it's a, it's a design principle, I think, that Christopher Alexander... Um, espouses is mm-hmm. um, whenever you leave a building in in Adventureland, and we're over here uh, just coming up on the bathrooms. Whenever you leave an, uh, a building in Adventureland, you don't go directly from inside to outside. There's always some sort of covered patio right, right. or porch or something like that. Why is that important? Well, the idea is you need to have some sort of a transition. If you go from one space to another without some sort of transition, like that cross dissolve we were talking about before, a cinematic technique, it's too jarring. It's uh, one of the basic principles of Disney theme park design. Uh, as is expoused by Imagineer John Hinch, is this idea of the architecture of reassurance. That when you come to the space, everything lines up. There are no visual contradictions. Everything seems to look like it all belongs with everything else. When you do that, what you end up doing is you give people the reassurance that everything looks right, everything is functioning correctly. You tend to relax. You tend to have, as he says, the permission to talk to strangers. And it's very, very, very effective. And I, and I am, I, my big argument for the theme parks is you don't come here for fantasy. You may say that. Or to escape. What you're really doing is you're coming here to be reassured that the world can function and everything is clean and everybody's nice and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's because of this high level of design towards the architecture of reassurance that when even something really little isn't right, we all go ballistic and go, oh my God, it's the end of the earth and stuff. We have the... Such, aren't working on Splash Mountain. You know, and we have such high expectations because we come here purposely to know this works. All the light bulbs are working. Everybody's nice. That if something hits the ground a little guy or woman in white's going to sweep it up within three seconds from us. Exactly. And that doesn't happen in the real world now, does it? No, it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> the, the, and that's, that's a shame. The, the other interesting thing I like as we, as we transition um, 
as we go deeper into Adventureland, is uh -huh. this. So the, uh, the, the rooftop immediately after Aloha Isle is sort of a, a pyra uh, pyramid-shaped and triangle-shaped uh, two-story building. And uses metal as a roof material, too. Metal. And then there's another building. You guys, know, you guys know where the restrooms are that connect Adventureland to Frontierland. They're great restrooms. It's sort of a, a corridor with restrooms along it. I like the tile. It, it, the tile is great. <laughs> but it, it, it's, a tri it's a triangle, and it's, it's, the, it's a triangle that's cut out at the bottom. And that mimics what you'll see later on with the Tiki, uh, with the Enchanted Tiki Room roof, yeah. but the bathroom roof is metal, but it's the same shape. And this one is in, is in straw. Also, it's also the first place where you see the arches that will eventually um, transition into the magic carpets of Aladdin. And you were talking about the idea of a higher degree of life, that there was a sense. So, so look up above the Island Supply Company clothing <laughs> store, right? Yeah. And you'll notice that there are spools of thread. I've, I've never noticed that and before. That That's great. A, and that there's uh, rugs. So, there are rugs. So people so, are working on rugs. Yeah, so the implication is up there that there's a loom and people are making rugs. And when they're done with them, they just sort of hang them out. And I guess they'll march them downstairs and you can buy the rugs downstairs. That's fantastic. I've never noticed that effect before. Also, the color palette matches the... Uh, the, right. the <laughs> so it must we're, uh, be fiberglass spools, though, when I think about it. it it's got to be, yeah. <laughs> or the moths, the, uh, the moths every night would have it. Excuse me. The, my moths would have a, uh, a field day with it. So we're walking up now towards uh, Magic Carpets of Aladdin. We've got the Zanzibar Trading Company, uh, importers of exotic gifts from the four corners of the globe. On our right, directly ahead of us is Magic Carpets of Aladdin. We're going to go to the uh, to the left a little bit, down towards, uh, let's go visit uh, Jungle Cruise. Oh, yes, that's very good. I like that. I really, really like that queue a lot. Uh, it's got a lot of, it's it's one of those queues, don't worry if the line's really long. First of all, the audio loop is really quite funny. Yeah, it is. And there is just so much eye candy. There are so many little things that are in there that will entertain you while you're doing this long walk. Another thing that you're going to notice, too, is you're going to use, you're going to see elevation grade change, which you don't right. necessarily in this park all that often. So we're going higher, and then we're transporting down lower, so there's a there's a definite separation of areas. There's where the flying carpets are. Right. That's a distinct area. You come down here, now all of a sudden you really are in the jungle. I mean, you can stop here for a second and look around. We keep going down. We keep going down here where that was either the Ned's boats. Is that what these are? Uh, Shrunken Ned's Junior Jungle Boat Adventures. Uh, if you're ever in Disneyland, definitely it's worth the 50 cents to talk to Shrunken Ned, the head doctor. He gives you little cards of advice. That's and they're, they're really quite funny. Um, but we're now we're in the Jungle Cruise. So theoretically, we're sort of on the outskirts of civilization. Right. Well, because of the Grades Depression and all the use of the plants, no longer do you see the rest of Adventureland, really. That's and right. the only parts that you see, you're going to see the things that are all organic materials. So like the tiki huts, thatched roof, the palm trees that are there. That's right. So, uh, so that's interesting. When you uh, when you enter the, we're standing sort of by Shrunken Nids, and we can see the the Jungle Cruise queue itself is to our left right now. So we're looking out towards where Magic Carpets of Aladdin would be. And the interesting thing is, you, you can't actually see it because you're down about seven feet. And Disney's put um, a whole green area around it. You've got uh, you've got the tiki's themselves, which are wood. Right. Um, you guys know the tiki's that uh, that shoot water out uh, on the side of a uh, magic carpet. I think they're called the leaky tiki. The leaky tiki's. That's awesome. Um, you know, so you, there isn't a whole lot that you can actually see in terms of man-made things. Um, in, in this particular part of the queue, that's great. Yeah, so that combined with the giant forest and the huge giant Swiss Family Robinson tree, you start to feel you're on the edge of the uh, of civilization. And in the Jungle Cruise building, it's kind of pretty funky. I mean, you know, it's not like they took the time and trouble to line up the steel roof very accurately now, did they? <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's uh, that's great. So you can tell that, it's, uh, that the Jungle Cruise is supposed to be a patchwork operation because if you look at the, the tin, the sheets of tin, 
that are on the roof. It looks like they were they initially had laid them all straight in you know in the way that a roof tile should should be laid. But then I guess as leaks developed over time, the company uh, decided to just throw That's sheets right. of yeah. tin over it at, at odd angles. So it looks like really somebody just flung some uh, metal carpet mm-hmm. up there to, to patch roofs. It's really great. So, uh, so that's the that's what we've gotten here, and I, I, I like this area. I think it's very nice, and it's another area really. You know, when you get to Ned's boats, I, I mean, was it like fifty five minute wait? So there's obviously a lot of people in the park at the moment. It's it's quite quiet here, and you're kind of once again out of the hustle and bustle. And that's another. You're also out of the shade, out of the sun too. Yeah, in the shade. And there's, there's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of little spaces and places that you can go to sort of get away from people. The the, the sidewalks here were I think originally designed to have a capacity of as many as thirty five thousand people in the sidewalks, compared to like Disneyland, which is less than about seventeen thousand people. Wow. That so they that's why this is sort of the supersized park. They they knew they were going to have millions and millions of people. They knew this was going to be successful. They wanted you to feel more comfortable, so they put these sort of little outposts so you can kind of gather your thoughts before moving on. That's great. So we're, uh, we're walking up the stairs from the Jungle Cruise. We're walking towards uh, the new Sunshine Tree Terrace, uh, which recently reopened. So Magic Carpets is on our right. We've got the Enchanted Tiki Room itself on our left. I love the Enchanted... I love the show building. Uh, the show itself... <laughs> the show actually yeah. is better now, um, and, but, the, but the show's great. But the, the thing that I love about the... And, and I will never admit that I, I set I all go on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oopsie. The thing that I love is the show building of Enchanted Tiki Room. And, and, and specifically, I like, I like a couple of things. Number one, I like the scope and the scale of it. Yeah. But number two, I like how the, there's the interplay of water and fire. Yes. In the queue itself. So yeah, it's like, really pretty. Yeah, it's very nice. Very nice. And you know, I mean, while we're standing here, if you look up, you're going to see what are what look like water buffalo, Asian right. water buffalo at the top. We'll we'll get back in another episode about what uh, kind of another visual trick that's pretty quite cool. But while we're here, just note that there's a, there's water buffalo that are up there. That's right. There. So at the the very top of the Enchanted Tiki um, uh, building, there are there are four water buffalo, each facing one of the four um, directions of the compass: so north, south, east, west. So we're walking back behind this now. So Sunshine Tree Terrace, again, visually fits in. It's the counter service that every land needs. Right. And then uh, if we continue on around uh, Magic Carpets of Aladdin, it's, we've, just, we've got character greeting areas. Jasmine is there. And then we've got shopping. So it's it, the, the land, I mean, although Adventureland is small, it's got everything, you know, everything that, that a Disney theme park typically has. Right? It's yeah. got shopping. It's got dining. It's got a few attractions. I guess it doesn't really have a sit-down restaurant, though. It doesn't. I wish it would. I wish it did. It yeah. would be great. Yeah. It does have an egg roll cart, which, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same I know. All right, so let's walk over towards, uh, towards Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, the thing that I like about about this is there we have two very distinct transitions between this part of Adventureland over by Enchanted Tiki Room and going to Pirates of the Caribbean and then from Pirates of the Caribbean on in, into Frontierland. So it's it's three it's, it's two dis- three distinct areas two two very different transitions right and yet it works really really well again Adventureland is one of my favorite lands in the entire park and, and that's another cinematic technique the idea in a movie you have sequences that follow one another so scene A scene B scene C that's what tells the story here you're trying to create a series of sequential spaces that have very distinct attitudes so that you can make very clear transitions so yeah so where we're standing at the moment this used to be this used to be the end I mean this used to be just a dead end you'd have to. Try Turn around. You got to go back out to the hub. Right. So the uh, the it's, it's funny because the on the transition, the ground actually changes from gray concrete to sort of one foot uh, concrete tiles to red um, concrete. 
Right, right. And then what you're now doing is as we cross over here, we're going to go into the Caribbean and we're going to go into, and, and quite honestly, it's a very specific tower that they modeled for the Pirates of the Caribbean. And Lord only knows, I don't remember which one it is. But this was a case that we've now entered, we've now entered the Caribbean. And what I'm walking on, quite honestly, would be the sewer. <laughs> Oh, because it's a town, right? Right, right. This would be a town, and it's a fort, and uh, and there's a sewer. That's what you would normally have down, running down the middle of the street. So the gray little tiles sort of imply that that's where the sewer is at. All right, great. So, so our listeners, the next time you guys go into Adventureland, if there's not stroller parking to your left as you walk towards um, Pirates of the Caribbean, you'll note that there's a gray um, a gray stripe walking down the middle, uh, right down the middle of uh, of Adventureland, and that gray stripe is is populated with I guess four by four tiles, yeah, and that represents the uh, the the sewage system of the of the Pirates of the Caribbean's time. So the fort would, you know, obviously have bathrooms and stuff, and they'd need to get rid of their their sewage. And what they would do is essentially dump it down the middle of the street, sometimes. Yeah. And so this this line represents sewage. That's right. right. And then we're now we're standing in front of the fort of Pirates of the Caribbean. You've got the clock tower there, and using that forced perspective, the fort looks like it's kind of really big and way over there way back, yeah. with the guns but with the guns out and the flags and all that kind of stuff once again it's sort of like you just must have missed the soldiers they must not be there and this is another place I think it's another little secret spot you know keep looking where the cast members come in and out yeah. but there's little benches that are shaded and they're way away from the hustle and bustle it's another one of those little resting spots that they've tried to build into each of the lands wherever they could oh that's great so we're, uh, we're in front of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean right now Pirates is to our Left, we've got the uh, the Fountain of Fortune. Um, to our to our right, we've got the Tortuga Tavern. A little bit farther beyond that, all of the buildings in this area have that uh, that sort of arched uh, Spanish tile. Right, right. Everything in here is a kind of a Spanish colonial or mission style architecture, and that's really important to remember because as we kind of transition in our next episode, you're going to once again see where this sort of thing comes into play using an architectural style, architectural language that was common to more than one culture and common to more than one, cent, uh, one set of time. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things that I have in the book is the description of what are known as the elements of setting. There's these five elements of setting that, that talk about time, place, day, what the weather is, and they help to define why things are the way they are in a particular space. And, and that's what supports the story, gets rid of the visual contradictions, and gives you that reassurance that you're in the right place. So there's a, I guess, for consistency, right? To make sure that people don't consistency. Now, I, I got I to gotta show you this one. I love this one because we've been talking about this sort of, there's a sense of life in the top of the buildings, right? Yeah. And it looks pretty passive most of the time at Adventureland. It's kind of pretty calm. Well, again, you've got sort of the two-story uh, building motif that surrounds you going, in, uh, going into Adventureland. But until we get to the Tortuga Tavern, right? So it's Tortuga Tavern. It's supposed to be where all the pirates hang out. So look... So look up above, and you'll notice that they had a fight. The chairs all broken, the tables are all askew, the barrels <laughs> are right. all down. So we just missed the fight with the different pirates. Oh, that's great! So, uh, so if you guys look, it's the uh, the second st- uh, second story of the Tortuga Tavern. It's all beat up. Like there's a uh, the, well, the pirate hat is still hanging on the hook. That's right. The but the uh, the, 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 the tables been busted. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's really really nice. That's great. The. Um, and Tortuga Tavern is actually uh, working today. That's great. We should go there for lunch. All right, so we're at the we're at the very end of uh, of Frontier uh, of Adventureland here, transitioning into Frontierland. I think this is a good place to stop this particular episode. We'll uh, we'll pick it up again with the transition to uh, Frontierland. Sam, uh, any last uh, closing thoughts? 
No, I, I actually agree with you. I, I, I really like Adventureland. I like the contrast between the, the foresty areas and everything else. I think the area works really well. It's much, much larger than Disneyland. Those who've been to Disneyland, uh, Adventureland is physically the smallest land in the park, and it can become sort of a nightmare of traffic. They've obviously absolved all those problems here. It's quite quite broad. Okay, right, so on the next episode, we'll, uh, we'll do the transition from Adventureland to Frontierland. Sam, uh, Sam is the author of uh, Walt and the Promise of Progress City. It's available on Amazon in ebook and uh, dead tree formats. Sam, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us again. Oh, my pleasure.